Well, thank you all so much. Um, my ticket back was, was bought by people donating because my mother is sick. I know it was because my mother was sick and not because of me necessarily, but I benefited from that, so thank you. Uh, I know she means a lot to you all, and thank you for praying for her, and she is getting better um, eat with each day, so uh, do continue to pray for her. But um, it's nice to be home. Uh, part of being home is interacting with the menagerie of animals that we have. Um, I, don't, you know, I don't have pets over there. But come back, three dogs, two cats. And I have a mild allergy to cats. My family insists on having cats even though I have this allergy. So you wonder who they love more, just putting it out there. Um, is, uh, okay. Uh, so, yeah, uh, well, having a mild allergy to cats, I don't you know, exude love for the cats you know, and, and say, come here and let me pet you, even though if you did, that was exactly when the cat wouldn't want to, you to pet them because they're awkward that way and contrary. Um, but last night, going back over uh, to the apartment where I'm staying, I walk out, and it's really cold, if you remember last night, very cold, especially Midlands. It was supposed to get down to minus six. So I walk out, and I see uh, the older cat under the car looking in as if he wants to come in but at the same time he doesn't want to come in because he's normally kept in the shed but we've been keeping him in the house because it's too cold in the shed and the cat's name is Patch and you know, looking at Patch and he's there he, you know, he, he should come in but at the same time he doesn't trust me I'm only here two weeks out of the year for the last several years I don't show that much love and affection to him when I'm here uh, so he doesn't trust me and he's not crazy about getting trapped in the house when he wants to be in the shed because that's what he's used to so I went and I got a pouch of food and I'm trying to you know, lure him in you know, a little bit on the ground by the door, a little bit in, just inside the door and try and get him in so I can close the door. And he won't come in. He won't come in. This can't, you know, even though I know that there's dangerously cold uh, weather coming and he's going to be out in the cold. He shouldn't be even in the shed. He shouldn't be outside. He should be in the house. But still, Patch doesn't realize this, doesn't catch this, and he's, he's, he won't trust me and won't come in to all that I provide, you know, we have provided for him so he, he doesn't die. Um, and there, there's that cat. And it sort of helped me because I, I have great trouble with illustrations, finding illustrations. So there's my illustration for leading into the sermon. Because I had the sermon done, but I didn't have an illustration. Um, you know, so often we don't trust God. But God has provided everything that we need. And uh, we don't cooperate with him. We don't come in with him. We don't come under his roof when it comes to walking, going forward in our Christian lives and, and our Christian growth. And uh, if you turn in your Bibles now to Ephesians chapter 3, I'd like to look at some of what God has provided for us to move forward in our Christian growth. And some of the times, this, these are the very things that we're standing off uh, uh, from, standing back from, in our Christian growth, but what God has provided for us to move forward. And uh, Paul had a special request for the Christians at, at Ephesus. Uh, they were God's family named after Christ. We're going to be starting in verse 14. And this is, this is Paul's prayer request for, for the Ephesians. Um, and so I'm going to read in verse 14. says, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of, the ho- of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. We are Christ's family. We are God's family. We're named after Christ. You're Christians. You're little Christs. And God has done so much for us. And Paul has this special request for these Ephesians, these Christians, which means that it's something that's not automatically happening. Okay? We, we don't 
you know, go about praying for things like the earth to move around the sun. Because that's what God has set in motion. You know, we don't pray for the sun to come up, the, the moon to come up. Because those are things that are automatic. Those are things God... You only pray for things that aren't going to automatically happen. So Paul's praying these things for the Ephesian Christians because they weren't automatically happening. So let's, uh, as we go through, uh, keep that in mind. And... Uh, <clears throat> understand they weren't automatically growing uh, or growing as much as they could. And uh, when you talk about immaturity in the, in the New Testament or immature Christians or carnal Christians, uh, there are many different passages that God exposes immaturity and carnality. And he points out things like um, uh, uh, immaturity is seen in divi- division and strife or backbiting and clamor. Uh, in friendship in the wor- with the world or inability uh, to understand good and deep doctrine. Th- these are things that immature Christians do. And when um, we, th- we think it's great the way a baby acts, you know, when a baby's, you know, as a baby, that's fine. But if a, a grown-up is acting like a baby, that's not a good thing. Or even more so, if, if, if a baby is, you know, so, so this long when it's, you know, eight months old or whatever, or, that's fine. But if it, someone is this, this long, this tall, when they're 20, when they're 22, that's a problem. Something's wrong there. And so we should be growing, we should be moving forward in our Christian lives. And uh, God has made provision for that to happen. Um, so Paul's prayer request has a lot of instruction for all of us. So let's, let, as we go through this passage, let's keep that in mind and understand that you must pursue God's provision for your growth because, God, because you need to mature. You need to be constantly maturing, constantly growing up as a Christian. You never stop. You keep growing as a Christian and you need to keep in that path in the way that God has provided for you to grow as a Christian. And you, you never reach that stage where that's enough. We have this next year before us. It's the new year coming up. This is the time for you to realize and to focus on, I need to grow spiritually. And what has God provided for me to grow spiritually? Uh, so, um, so here's Paul's prayer request, starting in verse 16 of Ephesians chapter 3. Uh, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. So, uh, you must pursue God's uh, a provision for your growth because you're weak. Do you realize that? You're weak. If you go through life thinking that you're strong in and of yourself, you're going to keep falling on your face. You, you're going to keep encountering things that you cannot uh, conquer by yourself because you don't have the resources to do it. Paul's request for the Ephesian Corinthians was that they would be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man because they were weak in and of themselves. And so they needed God's strength. So, first thing uh, I want you to see there is that it's on the basis of his vast riches, according to the uh, riches of his glory. How vast are the riches of God's glory in heaven, throughout all of creation? All that God has done by his power. That's the vastness of his, cre- of his glory. Do you know, that's the basis on which Paul asked that God would strengthen us. That's, that's the magnitude. That's how big it is. If that's how big it is, that's a lot of strength that, that's available and it's a lot of strength that we need. Um, so it's, it's, his strengthening work is on the basis of his vast riches. His strengthening work is performed by the Holy Spirit. Strengthened by, with my, by his Spirit. Okay? The Holy Spirit is the one who is communicating that strength, who is, who is working that strength in you. 
And if you're not in right relationship with the Holy Spirit, if you're grieving and you're quenching him, why would you expect that God would be ministering that strength? The Holy Spirit would be ministering that strength if you're, you're, you're uh, stopping his ministry from taking place in your life. So you need the strength. God has vast strength available. It's through the person of the Holy Spirit. So you need to make sure you're in step with him. And it's in, it's, this work is eternal. This God's strengthening work is internal. It's on the inside. It's in the inner man. Don't we sometimes wish we had strength on the outside? You know, just all of a sudden more strength. You know, you know, if you drink this energy drink, you will have the strength that you need to stay up all night and do all the things that you forgot to do for the rest of the week. You know, you know accomplish all these things. And we, we want more physical strength. We don't want to be intimidated by someone else. Uh, you know, that's... Um, or, you know, we want, we want to be the strongest person there. And so we want the physical strength, the stamina. We want the, that. But God's talking about an internal strength. And that's often the, the part that we neglect. But your spirit is the most important part of you. Your body can suffer a lot of damage that's less threatening than damage to your spirit. Because your spirit is the part of you that will shine for eternity. The spirit is the part of you that will, will show forth. Your, your body, eventually, if you live long enough, will go weak and die. If God, God tarries, doesn't, uh, the second coming of Christ doesn't come in your lifetime, you will die and go in a grave. The body is not the most important part. It's where we interact with this world, but it's not the most important part. And so if we focus on physical exercise and physical nutrition, all those things, that's the, wrong, if that's the top priority in our lives, that's the wrong thing. Because your spirit is the part of you that goes straight into eternity. That's the part of you that's eternal. And so if you're focusing on strengthening the body and nutrition for the body, that's, that's good. Paul says, you know, bodily exercise profits for a little while. That's a good thing, but it's a short-term thing. It's much better to, uh, to exercise yourself rather unto godliness. Godliness is much more important. To exercise your spirit, to give the strength and nutrition to your spirit that you need. Um, so that internal, that part of you that's on the inside, uh, you need that spiritual strength. And then in the start of verse 17, it says that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. The person of Christ. So we have the Holy Spirit of God ministering on the inside, ministering strength. And that Christ may be at home, dwell, be at home in your heart by faith. Now, if you um, think to yourself, I don't have enough resources, I don't have enough you know, God is telling me to do all these things and I, 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 you know, I, I keep trying and I just keep falling on my face. Two persons of the Trinity are involved in your life on a daily basis to give you the strength that you need so that you can walk with God and obey Him and walk in righteousness. The Holy Spirit and Christ Himself. Because the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Christ. And that He would dwell, be at home in your hearts by faith. Now often, we're threatening our, our faith, our ability to trust God because we're doubting Him or we're worrying or we're, we're listening to people who don't believe in God and we're letting those darts come in and, and having false ideas in our mind. But Christ may dwell in your heart by faith. Do you know what? Christ dwells inside of you right now. If you're a believer in Christ, He is inside you. Well, then let Him be at home. Believe that. Trust in Him. Act as if it's true. Because it is. And walk forward expecting God to intervene, to bring life, to bring power when you need it. Because He gives you a command and He has expectations of you. Then trust that He is there with you at that time to walk forward and depend on Him. 
That is what Christ has provided for you. That he himself is with you, is in you, as you encounter the, the, the challenges of life. The, the, the strength that you need is in him, is in his person. And he is there to help you. Now, you wouldn't think much of an a- athlete who uh, always ate at the Borza and never trained, would you? Okay, some Olympic athlete is going to go forward, and they're, but their entire diet is purchased from the Borza. And that they never train. Well, they wouldn't have any chance, would they? Especially not against you know, all the other athletes who have proper nutrition and, and regular exercise. They, because those, you need regular exercise, proper nutrition, and the physical to, to show forth yourself in the race. Okay, we know that. That's, that's obvious. Well, how are you doing when it comes to your spiritual stamina, your spiritual strength, your spiritual diet, your spiritual, stam- your spiritual um, discipline, and, and just walking with him, that strengthening that comes from God? Are you depending on him on a daily basis to work that in your life? And are you strengthening yourself that way? Because it's available. That's the thing is it's available for you. Christ has made that available for you by his own provision. Um, what will you do the next time God wants to strengthen your inner man? Okay? Um, uh, by the Holy Spirit ministry in the presence of Christ. Uh, what about your, your time in the Word and prayer? Are you spending time with God on a daily basis? Is that part of your regular routine? So that you're strengthening that inner man. So that when you're faced with temptation to do wrong. Or when you're faced with the desire to pull back from obeying God. Are you strong in the inner man because you've been walking in the spirit. You've been walking with Christ at home in your heart by faith. So that you can, you can see that happen. Um, uh, what about you? Uh, is it the time with God through uh, the word and prayer? Is that more important than other things? Are things threatening that? Are you, are you ready to set those aside? Because your inner man is more important than Facebook, than television, than chatting on the phone with your friends. It, what, what is more important than strengthening your inner man by walking with God? And uh, are you listening to voices that cause you to doubt God? Uh, there's so, so many things on blogs and, and posts and social networking, all those things. So many voices going on that are, are just blatantly ignorant, okay? They don't know what they're talking about. Uh, but they say it feels good and, you know, and, and they pass it on as a, and like it. Um, but, you know, you, you dig just a little bit deeper and there's no substance to anything that they're saying. But are those the sort of things that, that are the voices that you're letting in your head? You say, oh, yeah, I suppose. I suppose. Well, it was on the internet. It must be true. You know, um, you, know you, don't, you don't just go with anything that you encounter. Check uh, those voices against the Word of God and let that, the Word of God build faith in your heart in God. And, uh, and check out. And, and most, you know, it's unfortunate, but most of the things even about God and the Bible and spiritual truth on the internet... They're not based on the Bible. They're not based on truth. They're just someone's opinion. And so dig a little deeper. Find what the Word of God says and and let that build faith in your heart that you may uh, have Christ dwell in your heart by faith. Uh, So second point is you must pursue God's provision for your growth because you have little experience of Christ's love. 
And this is perhaps the most condemning thing that anyone could say of a Christian, is that they don't know God's love. Now, you, you have experienced God's love if you are a Christian, because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God reached out to you as his enemy. Romans 5.8 says, But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You know, God's demonstration of his love for you is still the cross. He still shows his love for you because Christ died for you. That's so much love. You were his enemy. You were shaking your fist in his face, and he sent his son to die for you. How much more now, Paul goes on, how much more now has his children? We're his children. Does he, does he love us in that way? If he, would, if he would give his son to die for his enemies and make his enemies then his children, would he not love us all the more? So God loves you. And Christ said, uh, By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if ye have love one for another. Uh, and First John says um, uh, that we love him because he first loved us. So our interaction with, in love is the definition of our Christianity. And if we're not loving, we're not very much of Christians. And if we're not loving at all, we're not recognizing the depth of God's love for us. So, uh, you can have a great confidence in God's love for you. Are you understand, uh, as you grow in understanding His love for you, then you will grow in your love for Him and then for others. So, uh, Christ's love is your foundation. And the second uh, middle part of verse 17 says that ye being rooted and grounded in love. You need a foundation in love. That's your absolute foundation. Our foundation is not duty, although we have a duty to Christ. We owe Him our daily service. That's something that we do owe Him. But our foundation is love. Being rooted and grounded in love. Being firmly planted. Having strong roots in love. Uh, may be able to comprehend with all saints. Uh, that's unity. You know what? We need to be the body of Christ unified. And what's our unity in? Is in God's love. And sometimes people throw around unity as if that's the goal and we, we set aside everything else. But you know what? It's because of Christ's love. And that de- the definition of Christ's love involves holiness. Because God is holy. So God finds a way to be holy and loving at the same time. And we need to not pursue holiness over love and forget about love. But we need to remember that love and holiness work together when you're talking about God's love. So, uh, what is, uh, may be able to comprehend with all saints. You know, we all should be growing in our understanding of God's love. All have that unity as we know God more and more and know his love more and more and be encouraging one another uh, more and more in that way. Um, someone has illustrated this way. You know the way you have a, a bike uh, wheel? And uh, I don't know if you did this as a kid. There were some people in my uh, street that would do it where you, you put beads on the bike or your bike spokes along the way and uh, they, they'd go up and back and forth and whatever. Um, but just the way wheels work, okay? So you have two bike spokes and let's say it's the, the opposite end and you have the bead on there. And as they come in together towards the center, they're closer together. The more you and I love God, okay? The more you and I love God and come together together, uh, closer to him, we're going to be closer to each other. And this church needs to be 
growing. Each one of us need to be growing closer and closer to God. So the, and as that happens, we're growing closer and closer to one another. Because the more we love God, the more we have in common. He's the, really the only thing we have in common. We're a very diverse group from different parts of the world even. And you know what? But God is the one who unifies us all. His love for us and our love for Him is what draws us together. And it would be very unfortunate if we just became a social club where this is where you go on Sundays. We should be coming here because we love God and, because, and we love Him because He loved us. And that should be what we're encouraging one another in is God loves us. And that, do you know how deep it is? And it's immeasurable. Uh, Christ's love is immeasurable in verse 18b, uh, second part of that. And then start of 19 says, that you may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge. You know what? We're supposed to be immersed in the understanding what God's love is. Think about the worst sin that you've ever committed. Maybe someone that no one else even knows about it. And it's just, it's just you and God that know about it. That worst sin is what put Christ on the cross. And he willingly went there because of love. That's his love for you. Spend some time dwelling on that. Not to focus on the sin, but to focus on how much God loves you. That he would take, willingly take your sin on him. Think about leaving heaven. This is, we're celebrating Christmas. Think about Christ leaving heaven. To come down to earth and to become a babe in a manger. And at the same time being the one person of the, of the Trinity who's upholding all things by the word, word of his power. So everything's sustained because, God, because Jesus Christ says it is. At the same time, he's a helpless babe. Just, just lying in a manger. That's, that's beyond us. How could, how could that work? That's love. It came for love. Well, that's a lot of love. And you can't put, a, you can't put uh, measurements on that. It's so great. You should be reflecting on that um, at least on a weekly basis, if not every day, to know more and more of Christ's love for you. And then you start to realize, you know what? God loves my brother and sister the same way. And that helps you. You know what? You can put up a, a, with a lot if Christ loves that person the same way he loves you. Because you, you expect God to be forgiving of you because of all your faults. But Christ is forgiving of them in the same way. And we, if we're, we're forgiven of so much, we ought to forgive them just that little bit that they sin against us. And that's, that's what uh, is before us. And um, Christ's love is the path to knowing God's fullness. Um, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Do you feel empty? Are there times you just don't have enough resources? You're just empty. You don't have it all there. You know what? Knowing what Christ's love is and how much he loves you is the path to knowing God's fullness. It's the path to knowing who God is and all of who he is and having a, an experience of interacting with God in that way, that being full of God in that way and having God minister through you to other people. That's what the world needs. The world doesn't need more of us. It needs Him. So you need to be spending time focusing on Christ's love for you uh, that you can minister forth, be full of God and minister forth uh, that love to other people. Uh, among children who are adopted, the ones that have the best chances of growing into healthy uh, people and adults are, are, are the ones who focus on the love of the parents who took them in. 
But the ones who focus on the, their parents who gave them up, they're, they're going to have, they're, they're going to need help later on in life. But if you focus, the, the healthiness, the healthfulness is found when focusing on the love of the people who took them in. And if you're constantly rejecting the idea of God's love for you, you're not going to be very healthy. You're not going to be very helpful to other people. You're not going to be very secure in and of yourself. But if you realize God's, the depth of God's love, the broadness of God's love for you, you can be stable and secure and in a place to help other people. And that's what God wants you to be. So our uh, third point is, you must pursue God's provision for your growth because you need incredible intervention to truly glorify Him. You know what? We don't, we don't need to live a life that the world can explain. We don't need to live a life that the world can imitate. You know what? As, as great as it is that we have the Reformers Unanimous program, there are some other programs that find ways to help people get off drugs. Okay? Getting off drugs is not enough. There has to be something more to our lives you know, than just that. You know, um, we can turn our lives around. We, this is the, uh, the time of New Year's resolutions. and pe- you know, People are going to make thing, uh, decisions that help them be just a little bit better person. And they may, might have some success. But you know what? As Christians, we need God's incredible intervention if we're truly to glorify Him. Because what, what good is it for, for us to live a life and someone else can say, yeah, well, I could do that. I could be that good. I could, I could do that. And th- this person unsaved can say, yeah, I can live like that. I could give up smoking if I wanted to. I could, I could, I could start going to a church every week. Is, is that enough? There's something more about that God expects of the Christian if we're to show forth who he is to this world. Um, so God deserves the glory for changing you, not just to be a good person, but to be like Christ. That's our goal, is to be like Christ, not just to be better. Not just to be okay. Um, but the, the encouraging, the incredible news. Reading, let's start reading in verse 20. Is God is able to surpass your imaginations for your growth. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. According to the power that worketh in us. Do you know what? Think of the best person you could possibly be. Think of the, the very best and God has a standard that is higher and he's able to bring you to it. Think of whatever problem it is that has plagued you over these last months. Whatever the problem is, the shortcoming, the, the, the sin, the, the problems that you've had, that you, know, you look at yourself and think, I'm weak, I keep falling, I can't, I can't change. But if I could be this person, if I could be like this person, or, or just change in this way, that would be, that would be wonderful. Do you know what? God can do more than that. God can do more than that and he is able to, he's, he's already then working in you. God is already working in you at the end of that verse. Uh, according to the power that worketh in us. Now what is that power? Remember back earlier on? The Holy Spirit strengthen you by his might in the inner man that Christ dwelling in your heart by faith. God is already working in you. Everything's in place. You don't need to be downcast and discouraged. God has the plan. God has the power. And God is ready to work with you towards that change. And He has far better plans and far more capacity than you even have about the best person that you could be. We all really want to be better. We all want to change and grow and be more like Christ. Uh, But 
we, we tend to, to draw back. Um, but you know what? God is worthy of eternal glory through this church. Let's read in verse 21 there. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Isn't that the, wor- the glory that God is worthy of? The one who created us, and even though we rejected him, and through Adam we fell, uh, and we, we are his enemies, yet he redeems us to himself. You know what? He deserves glory forever for not just wiping out the whole of existence at that point when Adam fell. Because the whole creation was marred, but he redeemed us. He deserves glory forever. Well, doesn't he deserve glory through you? And as we all individually are looking to glorify God in a way that's unexplainable to the world, that they can't imitate, he deserves that glory through this whole church forever. Now, I want to. Uh, I don't know if you remember the story, but uh, uh, Joseph in Genesis chapter 39, he's, he's sold by his brothers into slavery, he goes down to Egypt, and he's uh, uh, purchased as a slave by this man named Potiphar. Potiphar puts him over different parts of the house and he realizes that God's hand of blessing, Genesis 39 verse 3 says that Potiphar, his master recognized the hand of the Lord was upon Joseph. So Potiphar, just a man, looked and saw, you know what? This guy is being blessed by God. He wasn't saying, you know what, Joseph is a diligent servant, although Joseph was a diligent servant. He's not saying Joseph was a smart servant, although Joseph was a smart servant. Saying, this man is blessed by God, so I'm going I'm to put him over all my house because I want all of my house to be blessed. You know what? Your boss, wherever you're working, should look at you and say, you know what? This person's blessed by God. They're smart and they're diligent and all that. I have other smart and diligent people, but this person's blessed by God. I want to put them higher up. They should be able to recognize there's something different. There's something of God about your life. That's unexplainable, that they can't imitate because it's God. And they should be saying, you know what? God is good to this person. I want to know this God. Or at least I want to benefit from this, this uh, God blessing this person, so I'm going to give them more responsibility. That's what happened to Joseph. And that should be our goal as well. Is my life not explainable by, by human circumstances because it's God who's changing me. It's God who's growing me. It's not just that I have, I have discipline and dedication to change. It's that God is changing me. That's our hope and that's our way to glorify Him. And He's made all of it available for, for all the provisions that we should uh, follow Christ and be changed in that way. But why are you been, have you been satisfied with being good enough or better than so and so? Uh, will you look for the fullest growth that God wants for you in this next year? Uh, will you set aside things that would hinder uh, that purpose and emphasize steps that will help it? And very practically, we have, and I'm going to be back in America, I won't be here myself, but there's a conference coming up in a little bit. Sermons that will be focused on helping you find that strength in Christ, strengthening the inner man, on growing in love of God and towards one another. There's a conference next week. Will you find ways to be here? If you can't be here, that's understandable. But if you're just home watching television, you should be here strengthening your inner man. That's exactly where you should be because the Spirit is more important and God has made provision for you to grow in Christ. 
Now, I started by telling you a story about uh, our cat, um, Patch. He was out there in the cold. He wouldn't come in because he didn't trust me. He didn't want all the provision that we had. Like I said, he was used to going into the shed. And at that time, you know, just as I was about to give up and say, I can't do any more, Neil came out. And he, he, I said, you know, Neil, the cat won't come in. And I said, oh, here, let me show you. And so he started walking towards the shed. And, and Patch was thinking, this is great. I'm going to be let in the shed. Now, so he, he, Patch ran right up to the shed, and, and Neil went right at the shed door, picked up the cat, and he, the cat would let him do that where he wouldn't let me because he trusted Neil. So he, he picked up the cat, and he, he you know, held him and brought him in and closed the door. And there was where the catch, uh, Patch did not die because he was warmed and fed. And that's, that's the thing is, though, we need to cooperate with God. He has made all the provision. He has everything there. But sometimes we don't trust him or we don't want. We, we look at what he's offering and we think, I don't want to. We're like that cat out in the cold. And we'd say, I'd rather stay out in the cold than go in and into the house. You know what? Let's, let's go into the house. Let's trust Christ for his plan for us for this year. For his plan for your growth. He has the plan. He has the power. Walk with him and see him change you. Here. And we've just been encouraged to trust God that he has a good plan for our lives. But we want to interact with him, don't we? We want to be in the place where we say, Lord, what what do you want me to do? We're looking at a new year. We're looking at changes. And, you know, I I would be pretty sure of this, that if I were to go around the room and ask you, uh, what does God want you to change? Many of you could say, well, he wants me to change this. He wants me to change this. Some of you perhaps don't really know. But if you would let God in, he would show you what it is that he wants you to change. And remember, his love is the provision that's going to take care of you when you surrender and let him have his way. Listen, as God is leading you to change something in your life this year, I'd like you to raise your hand. Just Now, you're not committing to me that you're going to do anything, but you're acknowledging God is leading me to change something in my life this year, and I know it. Would you lift your hand? Amen. He's leading my life, too. Or you can put your hands down. Let me ask you one other question. I am willing for God to show me over these next few days what he would have me do in this new year. I'm willing. I'm open. I'm surrendering to him. I see his love. I know he's going to take care of me, but I'm willing to let him have his way. Uh, Pastor, pray for me. Would you lift your hand for that? Amen. All right. Now, Father, we come to you this morning, and we do thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for the blessing. Uh, of a God that shows us his love for us. Lord, so many people live in the darkness of gods they fear uh, because they, they don't know what to expect of them. But Lord, we know what to expect of you and you told, you've told us that you love us. And Lord, we know that as we walk uh, on this planet and as we live, Lord, <clears throat> with the curse all around us, we know the things that you want to change in our lives. And Lord, we know you want to do us good. Now, Lord, would you bless? Would you bless each heart that's gathered here tonight? Would you give us, uh, Lord, the strength to come to the right place of decision? And, Lord, may we let you have your will and your way in our lives. And, Lord, may it not just be, Lord, decisions that are made and that are, uh, Lord, gone by next weekend. But, Lord, may it be decisions that are made and that by your power uh, we see ourselves grow and move ahead. And take ground that the enemy has taken their lives. And Lord, uh, may we know your blessing and your power as we undertake. Uh, We're looking to you and resting in you. Would you undertake in Jesus' name? Amen.